So is it sad that people suffer? The obvious and immediate answer is obvious and absolutely. What are we, a bunch of psychopaths to say that? No, it's good that people suffer. It's not sad that people suffer. But of course, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, aka clarity of thought and not simply empty words is always our objective. So we can still inquire into this question and let's actually do that and not just give a preset answer. So uh, we have to define a couple of terms. Uh, we can start with um, suffering. What does it mean to suffer? So we can put forth a, a thought experiment and, and ask if a person's uh, desires were satisfied in each and every possible way, meaning every single possible desire from the smallest to the biggest desire was satisfied, would that person still suffer? And the answer we're forced to give is no, obviously not, because the, the whole idea of suffering is that there's some desire that is not being met. There's some objective that one actively holds and pursues. There's some modification of experience that one would like to see happen that is not happening. If everything is going exactly as one wants, then where's the suffering? For example, I wanted to go on vacation. Now I'm on vacation and I wanted the plane not to be late and it wasn't. And I wanted the sun to not be too hot or for there to not be too much shade. And there's not and it's not. And I wanted the drinks to be a certain way and they are. And I wanted the water to be a certain way, and it is, and so forth and so on. I wanted to not be nervous about work and worried about things that are coming up, and I'm not. So in what way will I suffer then? Maybe in another way, but if we check off all the boxes, there's no suffering. So understand that it's only possible to suffer when a particular objective is not met. Now, we have very many objectives. One of us wants to go on vacation. Another person never wants to go on vacation, just wants to work. One person likes uh, mangoes, another person likes bananas, one person likes only water, another person likes uh, lemonade, one person likes it to drive, another person likes to fly, and so forth and so on. But w what about if we go deeper? Because we understand we're little babies, we don't know about all these different things, and, and then we do. So we had to somehow get there. It wasn't just out of the blue. Uh, it, step by step, the, the, the contingent things had to connect to something deeper and more necessary than them themselves. So let's, we can examine that process a little bit. So if we push and push, starting with any desire whatsoever, let's say a person says, I want to, I like to, uh, or I want to, right, desire. I want to have a very expensive uh, piece of clothing. So ask, why do you want to have the, the very expensive piece of clothing? We can take a step backwards because it'll make me look good in front of so-and-so. Why do you want to look good in front of so-and-so? Because it'll make me feel good. Okay, what does it mean to feel good? Ah, uh, now we're stumbling across more necessary features of our nature. We feel good when we feel more like ourselves. But what kind of self? More like our true self, meaning we feel whole, we feel singular, we feel powerful, we feel secure, we feel like our desires are being met. We're not thinking about threats to our conception of the good, such as death, for example, or illness, may we be spared, or anything like that. Our dignity is not impaired or not, not uh, stepped upon, uh, whether it's by others or by the world at large. For example, again, may we be spared that illness is, is taken away, our dignity is taken away, our autonomy. Another person is better than us. Another person is more beautiful, is more skilled than us, got the job that we wanted and so forth and so on. None of that is going on. We feel like ourself fundamentally. So we see that feeling like ourself in itself doesn't vary for people. How we get there varies and that how we get there depends on our uh, psychologies, depends on our 
bodies. It depends on our circumstances in life. It depends most of all on our understandings of the truth. Uh, but the, the goal is the same. For, for one person that we would call a monster to feel powerful and in control and secure and whole. A, a person has to goodness or bid do awful, awful things. For another person that we would call on the saintly side to feel good about oneself means to help others and, and, and do good things in the world. But the, what a person is pursuing is the same thing. Meaning another way to phrase it would be that we have a necessary nature that is continually seeking its expression. The necessary is seeking its expression in the contingent. So consequently, there's only one necessary objective. There's only one necessary desire and many contingent objectives that lead back to it. Again, one person needs money to feel like him or herself. Another person can't stand money. One person needs expensive clothing. Another person doesn't. One person needs a lot of uh, um Fame, another person is fine being anonymous. One person needs the entertainment, another person doesn't. And so forth and so on. All different things, but the, the underlying thing is, uh, is obviously always the same. The same necessary nature. So now what does it mean to suffer? To, to suffer then is to not feel like oneself, meaning one's necessary desire, maybe even... Not clear if we want to use the word desire. Or the, the necessary thing is that tendency to, to move towards uh, the, the advancement of oneself. Uh, and that, that we suffer when we feel like that is not getting done. For example, we say that those of us that have minimal um, tools at our disposal to work towards our good, minimal intellectual tools, minimal moral tools, uh, we, it's not like our nature then goes away. Something has to give. Maybe we turn to substances. Maybe we turn to um, destructive things. We turn to crime. Something, something we turn to in order to try to feel like ourselves. We see how people uh, often are willing to throw away their lives for substances. How does that make sense? Like, what's going on? <laughs> we, chemists will tell us we have a two, three dollar body or however many dollars it is. Uh, it's just the brain. There's just the nervous system. Why, why is the, the person willing to, to go to extreme lengths to procure some kind of substance? Like, for what's going on? So we would say that to feel like oneself, a person is willing to do anything. And to, to not feel like oneself is the worst torture and the worst suffering. So a person who's in that mode of life, especially has nothing too much going for him or her, maybe does, but doesn't perceive it that way, turns to substances to feel like him or herself. Those substances are taken away. It's unbearable suffering. We can we can hardly subsist in the world not feeling like herself for one moment. And again, think about uh, maybe we've never experienced it. Hopefully we haven't, but we can imagine it. Think about what, we'll be, what, what it would feel like, excuse me, to feel broken and destroyed and, and, and mentally, morally, emotionally degenerated and, and to just be a, a, a blank kind of a canvas of, of misery perceiving the sensations and it's absolutely horrible thing. The, the horrible states that we can get to, but what they, what they all share in common is we don't feel like ourselves. We don't feel powerful. We don't feel singular. We don't feel whole. We don't feel secure, all that kind of stuff. So anyhow, um, we'd say that's suffering. That's the real suffering is when we don't feel like ourselves. Now, what are the ways to feel like ourselves? There's a few ways. Uh, or broad categories. There's the the category of uh, of the animal and, and the insect that we we can't imagine anything else is going on other than that the necessary nature is trying to find its expression therein. Uh, and we see that in the elementary phases of human life, be it with uh, infants and babies or with adults that continue to subsist in those phases of life, we see that we're simply pursuing stimulations of the body, meaning to feel like ourselves. our only bet is to do something physical. For example, to drink or to eat or to satisfy some kind of uh, lower corporal 
Desire. Now, it's not, we say, oh, it's survival. We would say it's deeper than that. It's we're fulfilling a desire. And people are willing to throw away their life for some other desires, such as pride, such as uh, making a point, such as we see, again, these degenerated personalities that are willing to go out with a bang, so to speak, or literally doing a very destructive, horrible thing, going to forbid, and then knowing that they're going to die. Maybe they commit a murder-suicide or something like that. Again, going to forbid, of course, we don't talk about it lightly. Uh, but uh, we see that, that if we're just going to say, oh, the whole thing is survival. No, it's not just survival. It's, it's, it's the satisfaction of our desires because that's part and parcel of our nature. So, again, we see these things where a person to satisfy his or her desire will throw out his or her life. Uh, honor suicides, uh, all kinds of things. Um, so, anyhow, uh, we see that, <coughs> excuse me, in the elementary mode of life, it's simply about fulfilling these Temporary smaller desires. I, my body instructs me to, to find some food. When I fulfill the desire, I feel like myself. I've satisfied a desire and so forth and so on uh, with, with all the range of, of the basic uh, bodily things. The next step up is is when we have, uh, we offset uh, us feeling like ourselves over a long period of time, meaning we're able to set goals. We're able to pursue them. For example, uh, I, I believe I'm going to feel like myself when I'm wealthy, when I have a lot of money and a lot of power and a lot of control and I have and I'm dressed just the way I want and I'm walking around, everybody's looking at me because I'm in the most expensive car, wearing the most expensive jewelry and watches and clothing and it's this, the vision takes over me and I'm like, wow, I will really, really feel like myself then. I will really have a lot of dignity and autonomy and power and freedom and ability to satisfy my desires. So consequently, now I'm willing to, to spend five, 10, maybe 15 years not feeling like myself, feeling like a, a small crunch down version of myself in order to get that meaning I'm willing to work crazy hours I'm willing to listen to my boss who I don't like I'm willing to suck up to people who I don't like so forth and so on also that eventually I feel like myself so that's the next phase so we see we suffer here when we offset feeling like ourselves for the future in the meantime we're suffering um in that oh in that we we didn't really mention right in the elementary phase of life we suffer then when we don't get our immediate desires for example we wanted to um, find uh, uh, something for sale, but we didn't find it. And that's suffering. We wanted, obviously, the physical things. We want to eat. We don't eat. That's suffering. Um, but obviously, it's emotional. there's an emotional factor there. It's if Simply, if it was the body suffering, it's, it's possible to detach from the body, uh, meaning to detach our emotions from our body. These, there's even a very rare uh, condition where a person continues to feel pain and yet doesn't care about it amazingly enough. So we know that there's conditions where uh, babies are born, they can't feel pain at all. They may chew off their tongue or something horrible like that uh, because they don't feel the pain. But there's another condition where people feel the pain, but there's no emotional um, connection with it. It's like, yeah, I feel my hand burning. I don't care. It's right. So we say that it's not enough for the body simply to, to be damaged. It, it's about how we feel about what's going on therein. And we can retrain our mind to think very differently about physical suffering. But in that elementary stage, we're not, there's no training. There's no nothing. We suffer when the body suffers. That's true. Or when the body is damaged. So we have that kind of suffering. What about the high, the higher phases of life? would say is where a person is conscientiously, consciously striving to attain to the highest, is striving to unfold his or her nature in, 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 in the highest expression of it. And for example, through cultivating humanity, to, through cultivating the mind, through cultivating love for others and selflessness and all these kinds of things. And there a person suffers uh, aside from any bodily suffering, but again, that's a little bit complicated because of that emotional relationship with it. There, a person suffers when he or she is not, it messes up, slips up morally, and is not uh, living up to uh, his or her moral expectations. For example, a person really wants to 
becomes selfless but continues to be greedy, can't find it within him or herself to, to give to another person, and, and then that, that's, that's suffering for that person. A person wants to correct some kind of character trait, but it keeps coming back. A person wants to control his or her impulses, but they keep coming back. So then a person suffers because the objective is not being met. But we say that in the, that higher mode of life, that's a, a constructive form of suffering. It's not just the utter wretchedness and misery that, that is, is possible. A person understands what he or she is doing and suffering is, is part of the picture. It's like a, a, a athlete suffers who wants to be good, who wants to be a champ is going to suffer in the weight room in training, but it's a different kind of suffering than when a person thinks it's meaningless and pointless. It's a suffering that one pursues even on a certain level. The body still might hate it, but on a certain level, a person pursues it. So anyhow, um, we asked the question uh, uh, initially whether it is in fact um, uh, said that, that people suffer, whether it's a, it's a bad thing. So we would say with these things in mind, we would say that how, how would we put it safely? Um, we would say that suffering, first of all, is 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 necessary. It's commensurate to what's going on. The effect is commensurate to the cause. So if we're not going to want the effect, we have to not want the cause. And if we don't want the cause, then we want to change up reality completely. We want something else than what's really going on. For example, the fact that a person suffers when he or she uh, does something against the truth, does something dishonest, consequently the person's mental health will drop, a person's conception of the good, con- a person's conception would, or excuse me, connection with reality will, will weaken and loosen and consequently a person will suffer. A person will suffer the, the wretchedness and misery of being uh, uh, ignorant and being animalistic with higher psychological needs that can only be met through having wisdom and, and striving toward humanity. But if we were to say, you know, it's very sad. I hope that didn't happen. What are we saying? That that we, we hope that a person could uh, could not be honest and could not suffer. That's it's not even we're not saying anything. It's a ridiculous thing. It's one in, it's one and the same thing to not be honest and to suffer. We understand. So if we look to the cause, we see we really can have no real complaints uh, against the the quote unquote world against how things work because things are not arbitrary. They're not out of a hat, and and, uh, and things are as they must be. Now with that said. There's obviously things that we can do to relieve our own suffering and that uh, of those around us. But that, that requires, of course, excuse me, not simply, not simply uh, emotional types of uh, tantrums. Oh, I feel so bad. I'm so sympathetic. Excuse me. I'm so kind. I'm so empathetic um, and so sensitive to other people's suffering. It's it's such an unjust world. It's such a cruel world. Instead, we would say, no, there's nothing unjust. And cruel depends. We would have to redefine that word. But there, everything is perfectly just. Everything is perfectly necessary. Everything is perfect on a certain level of analysis. We'd even say, meaning it's in full conformity to what's necessary and one-to-one conformity with it. With that said, we can modify things and, and, and reduce uh, the, the suffering. But that wouldn't be the goal. That would be the effect of truly making improvements. Now, on a certain bodily level, if we're subscribing to some kind of utilitarian sort of ethic where we're trying to calculate up how much suffering there is in the world. So we see an ant drowning in a puddle and we rescue it and we say we did a good thing for the world. Again, we don't want to take anything away from everybody, from anybody. And it's very good to practice uh, uh, things to, to work on our uh, 
to, to work on our uh, capacity to, to conceive of the mental states of other people and other creatures. So if we can, if we really postulate that there's an experience there as it concerns the body of the ant and we rescue the ant, presumably we've done at least a little something uh, towards our humanity. Hopefully, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but let's, let's be, let's be charitable here. But, um, we would say that really that, that, that kind of, uh, uh, ethic is not, it's not so practical, right? What are we going to sit here and calculate how much suffering based on our opinion of what suffering is there is in the world? And we're going to calculate in the animals and the insects and at what time, right? We would have to figure out the, the question of what the present is. And what is it at the time of the calculation? Well, then it's going to be something else a moment after the calculation. So we see if we're going to just try to uh, go for these uh, uh, easy ways out. Uh, let me calculate how much suffering there is. We, we get into a bunch of quandaries. But if we instead say that real suffering comes from the uh, the world not being the way it should it, it, as it concerns a postulated conceived of future state meaning we see that that we're nuts a, a, as people we don't understand each other we don't understand ourselves we're subsisting in those more elementary modes of life and suffering is inevitable so we address them the cause this is not the suffering itself and we're not just putting a band-aid over the wound or just drinking tea when we have some kind of respiratory issue but that we're we're really addressing the cause, and the cause then would be uh, that that disorder of thought, that that weak connection with truth, and we would have to address that by clarifying our thought, by clarifying our conception of truth, of what is the good for us and for others, and when we do that magically, to so say, the suffering goes away. Right? Now again, I want to be very nuanced and and careful what we say. We don't want to ever discourage anybody from giving uh the the charity because we we have no idea uh, the 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 impact uh, of what we do and we can donate some money for some say a malaria net and save somebody from dying and and their great grandchildren will be somebody or something like this but again if we're going to be careful thinkers that simply say that the that the goal is for there to be less suffering is 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 a tricky tricky goal we, we would say the goal is to perfect the world that obviously it precludes uh, there being uh starvation pr- th- throughout the world it precludes there being hopefully disease at a certain point uh, that's why we work on on uh, cures for diseases it precludes there being genocides and it precludes there being Vicious, uh, uh, brutal uh, political regimes that that torture their their citizens. It precludes all of that, no question about it. But most of all, it includes sanity. It includes a striving toward reality. Uh, and if it doesn't include that, then we're destined to suffer. And if we then try to address the suffering, we're just going to suffer more. Again, we want to have the cake and eat it too. We want to be able to continue to do what we do and not suffer without clarifying that connection of ours with truth. Meaning again, a person, let's say, uh, a person tells a lie uh, uh, about something. And then a person doesn't want to, first of all, fix that lie. A person wants to be successful with that lie in mind. Uh, So for instance, uh, maybe somebody um, is, uh, uh, wants to, there's there's obviously hundreds of millions of people that have some kind of pathology concerning their perceived uh, or imagined or, or exaggerated or maybe real, but nonetheless, uh, weaknesses. So a person is, is sitting at home for years and years and years and says, you know, I'm the most suffering person on earth. I have these, these, these diseases. The doctors can't detect what they are. Nobody knows what they are. Nobody understands, but I know I have them. I can't do anything. I can never work. Yada, yada. So that's a, we're going to grant that that's a lie, at least in enough situations. We're not going to roll out and say, 
point blank, it's always a lie. There's enough situations where it's a lie. So here, the only way for a person to not suffer would be to fess up and say, that's a lie. Uh, the, the truth is that I'm, I've been going nuts and I need to clarify my thinking and then I need to get to living life. I need to stop being degenerate and lazy. I need to be productive. I need to create value for myself and for the people around me and, and for the world to so say. And then uh, I'll stop suffering. You know, I treat people good. I do my duties, my responsibilities over a long period of time. I'll be in a good place shortly or in a few years. But a person does, is not willing to admit the lie, right? So, per, But a person still says he or she doesn't want to suffer. Oh, look at me. I'm so suffering. Okay, so admit the lie and move ahead. No, I won't admit the lie. But I still don't want to suffer. So we see that that's just a very specific example. But uh, we see that that is frequently our mindset. Uh, we're not willing to do what it takes to address the cause of our suffering. We want to stop suffering on our terms. We want to continue to be morally degenerate, to so say, and still get a good bargain in life and, and still ha have a great life. And that's not how it works. It's completely impossible. So we say, again, that as sensitive as we want to be to all... Attempts to reduce suffering and we're never going to say, you know, don't take the ant out of the puddle. No, take the ant out of the puddle. Donate the, all the money we can, of course, to all the charities we can. That's great. But at the same time, if we really truly want to reduce our own suffering and the suffering of, quote unquote, the world, of, of, of our neighbors, of our friends, of our family, of the people all around the world, then we need to address the cause, which is that lack of connection with truth, due to which we are not able to truly move towards our necessary objective of feeling more and more like ourself, advancing and unfolding our necessary nature in the highest possible context. And uh, we can think about it. So let's do it. Thank you for listening.